0: Hello, I'm Stephanie Lee, and welcome to the seventh episode of Gabin with Mavens. It's always been a dream of mine to have a talk show, a weekly forum where I can interview a maven of his or her field about themselves and their area of expertise so that listeners can hopefully learn a little something along the way. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph N. Lieb for a fun behind the scenes, look at this podcast and my life. If you are someone that you know would make a good guest Maven, please contact me. Also be sure to subscribe to rate and review Gabin with Mavens, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am so excited for you to hear from this week's Maven, Dr. Gilda Carl, an expert on relationships. She'll be on with us in just a minute. I'm thrilled to introduce you to this week's guest on Gavin with Mavens, Dr. Gilda Carl, an expert on relationships. She has a PhD in educational leadership from New York University, where her research focused on self esteem, role expectations, interpersonal communication, and relationships. She also has certification in New York as a teacher, principal, and school superintendent. She has authored 17 books, worked as a management consultant for Fortune 500 companies, as a master communicator who has been a keynote and motivational speaker, as well as contributing to countless television, radio, and print media stories. She was even the love doctor on MTV for a few years. Can you please share a little about yourself, your background? Well, first of all, everybody calls me Dr. Gilda.
1: Somehow the media just cut off my last name, like Dr. Ruth. And uh, just started calling me Dr. Gilda. How did I get started? I was a teacher in the South Bronx, and I did that for a lot of years. And at that time, I was getting my PhD in the evenings. I finished that, and I started teaching on the college level. And I was teaching business courses, management consulting, organizational behavior, organization development, everything having to do with the people skills in business. And I've seen in going into corporations, I, I found that whenever there was a problem with the bottom line, it always reverted to a problem in an interpersonal relationship. So I was, you know, very hot on the market when I got started because I had those skills in all kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm and when i got to corporate america and i was talking about how to improve the bottom line one guy in particular one of the executives said you have helped me so much in my personal relationship i said we never even discussed your personal relationship and he said well it's the same it's the same as a business re- this, as business relationships it's the same the same principles hold true Translate. for any kind mm-hmm. of healthy relationship So I started venturing off in interpersonal relationships having to do with um, love and romance, in addition to my very strong footing in business relationships. And when I started working with people, I found that, well, the issue is never the issue that you see. And I found that somebody would come, To me for management training and then we would start to peel the onion and we would find that so many problems revolved around this person's personal relationships and one of my clients as a matter of fact in one of my private uh consulting said that she was having a problem getting promoted in in a managerial role in her company And when we started taking this apart, it turned out that her relationship with her husband was not all that strong and they were having a lot of difficulties. So, of course, that that
0: impacted anything she was doing. Mm -hmm. To me, I think of it as a spider web of all your relationships. It is. is. Relationships are relationships.
1: mm -hmm. And if you don't know the principles of healthy relationships, well, you're going to go spiraling downward in no matter what you touch, because the common denominator for any relationship training is you. You're the one who shows up for your mate, for your corporate experience. So once we clarify what health is for a relationship, then we can just zoom in to what needs to be taken care
0: of. And that's a perfect segue. But the key thing I wanted to talk about that all of us have been taught at some point in our lives is that a healthy individual attracts a healthy partner. What are some some core self-care and self-esteem tips, whether that's a book to read or just daily practices that you can recommend for people to really get ready for, for that relationship? I
1: created all these gildagrams And those are aphorisms that remind people how to keep in their lane in a healthy way. We attract not who we want, but who we are. And that's the basis of all the work that I have always done. We're looking at you first and then determining how that spider web that you just mentioned expands and extends and even overlaps with all the other relationships in your life. Most recently, I wrote a book called Don't Lie on Your Back for a Guy Who Doesn't Have Yours. This book has really shot through people's veins. The premise of Don't Lie on Your Back for a Guy Who Doesn't Have Yours is that don't give away your power ever, 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 Mm -hmm. but don't give of yourself unless you see that you're getting a quid pro quo back. Young women come to me and they say, Well, we were friends with benefits. Well I say, just tell me what are the benefits to you? And then there's a blank face. <laughs> oh and one of my guildograms is don't put out to fit in. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot keep giving and giving and giving mm-hmm. and think that some guy is going to say, okay, I'm still around because I find you so mesmerizing. Good luck. Another gildagram. What you accept, you teach. So if you're accepting poor behavior, then you're inadvertently, I mean, it wasn't conscious, you're inadvertently accepting that this guy's behavior is okay. So without even missing a step, he will think that he's doing the right thing, even if it's bad behavior, because you never said anything about this. And a lot of women have a lot of insecurity within them. And so do young men. Mm-hmm. I mean, so do, so do old men and all old, old, older women. I mean, there is so much insecurity that's driving the train. Sure. And I, sometimes, no matter what, if I'm dealing with a corporate CEO, if I'm dealing with people who are his or her underlings. It's all about isolating. Where's your power? Mm -hmm. And I call it having your capital I. Because if you don't project a capital I with no matter what you do, you're going to come across as a lowercase I. Another gilded gram. We attract not who we want, but who we are. Mm -hmm. So if you're a
0: lowercase I, who do you think you're going to be attracting? Some lowercase loser. So, how do you approach people that have parents that want to assess who you're dating? Tell you know, give you feedback. Tell you can't date this person, or what do you tell them?
1: Well, you know, I, I come from a school where um, if you're old enough to date, you should be old enough to hear people's input, mm-hmm. and then you're old enough to make a decision on your own. I was just working with a woman whose um, marriage is kind of teeter-tottering. And I said, look, first of all, your homework is to surround yourself with positive relationships. Well, I can't find any, Dr. Gilda. <laughs> well, honey, that it has to start there. Right. You have to see what that looks like. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're just talking about some amorphous... Mm -hmm. Happily ever after that means nothing to you unless you see that model Then you're not going to know what that's supposed to look like Well, first you have to observe it and then you have to set it up and boundaries is a big thing that I talk about Whether on the corporate level or on the personal level. It's all about boundaries and being able to say no very very strongly Mm -hmm. But too many women and men say yes when they really mean no, and then they're kicking themselves later, and they're upset with themselves for having agreed to something that they should not have agreed to, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So what I'm trying to do is get people to understand that You have the right to say no, you have the obligation to yourself to say no, and you have the obligation to your relationships, whoever they may be, personal or
0: professional, to say no when you really mean no. I fully agree with all of that. It's something, boundaries um, are definitely something that I struggle with. And um, I know that you can't always fix everyone. You can't always help everyone. And I'm trying to learn. Well, that's not the, your job. The, the power of saying no. And how many times have I turned to people and said, well, you're trying to
1: fix this woman. I say to a guy, mm-hmm. you're trying to fix this woman. Are you a therapist? <laughs> uh, and they laugh and they joke. And, uh, uh, uh. What you see is what you get. Right. And you have to imagine that people in your life are just like these as-in dresses on a rack. There's some hole, there's a this, a seam is open or whatever. (laughs) But you have to imagine this person is as-is. And women think that they are interior designers. Oh, well, he's okay now, but I, when I get my hands on him, oh. We always makes, want to spruce him up a bit. Oh, yeah. Well, well, first of all, it's insulting to a guy, and second of all, it's insulting to you mm-hmm. that you're not selecting somebody who's okay the way he is. And it becomes a, a mothering in a lot of ways. Oh, that's, that's... no, no, no. Let me change that word to smothering. <laughs> okay. Because guys can't stand that. Right. They think at first. See, it's kind of misleading too, because they think at first, "Wow, she really cares. She's, she's really feeding me. me.
0: She's- yeah, look, she, <laughs> at all
1: these things that she's doing for me. She really cares." But after a while, any man will say, "I feel strangled. Mm-hmm. I can't stand this." Mm-hmm. And with that in, you mind. you become their overbearing mother. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, and who's going to want to sleep with their mother? So get off that whole track. Agreed. Are there any key topics or questions? that uh, you would want to avoid asking too early on? Or, or what are your thoughts oh, okay. about that? So whether it's, okay, let's let's say romantic relationship, whether it's, do you ha- want to have kids? Do you want to, you know, how do you want to raise um, your religion in your household? You know, some of those really important long-term conversations. What's wrong with establishing that right from the first date? Okay. I mean, when you select... I agree, so, but...
1: <laughs> when you select somebody... What are you looking at? Their 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 wallet, no. their looks, the way they dress, the car that they drive. No way. You have to establish if there is any kind of camaraderie to begin with, mm-hmm. and if there is, fine. If there isn't, see you around. Mm-hmm. Sayonara. That's it. And you have to be strong enough in your convictions that you're standing standing tall. By your boundaries and no matter what happens, no matter what somebody says to you, you're saying sorry, that's the way it is. I agree. And those are my needs and you are entitled to
0: your needs. How do you deal with a really stressed out coworker? They become your second family at work, but where's that line? Well, it is it is true that our coworkers are
1: second families, but once again don't get into that therapist's role. That's not your business. What you have to do on the uh, professional environment is to offer your support, ask if they need anything additionally. Now, let's say they're closed mouth. Okay, fine. If they're not willing to share, that's, that's where they're coming from. Get off it. This is not your issue. Why are you worrying about somebody else who's stressed out and how much of that is affecting your job
0: Mm -hmm.
1: will determine whether or not you're going to confront that person. I have a very unusual equation that people look at when we talk about confrontation. I spell it C-O-N, capital F-R-O-N-T, Asian, because we must be up front with who we are. So... Without pointing fingers, and that's you language, but pointing the finger at somebody say, you are this and you are that, is not going to solve any problems and probably come off as offensive. And you're never going to be able to get a positive response out of that. Mm -hmm. So you have got to confront somebody with this formula that I've set up. Always use the first name. John, when you did such and such at the meeting... I felt so and so way. So when you are talking about that in those terms, you're also saying, this is how I felt. It's not about John, how dare you have done such a terrible thing. Instead, you're not his teacher, you're not his preacher. So what you have to say is, this is how I felt. And then shut up. And that's very hard, especially for women. Because suddenly they got John's attention Mm -hmm. and they go through this whole thing that I call gunny sacking, Mm -hmm. piling this on and this and By that time, John is so dizzy Mm -hmm. from hearing all these other things that he did, he's not even going to be able to concentrate on the
0: whole notion of what you're trying to bring across. And I don't know if that's male or female specific, but I know that... You know, when you have a session with your partner or what have you, you're like, "Well, I want to cover it all." No, no. and and I think it's really important to note that because you have your, because, one thing at a time, one one piece at a time, because you address. have his attention, right? And one of the biggest complaints that women say about men
1: is that they don't listen to me, they don't hear me. So suddenly, you get somebody's attention because you set up this very simple. Uh, formula mm-hmm. John when you I felt mm-hmm. uh so you suddenly have his attention and you you're gonna go for the kill. Okay, and then you know the other uh, day four years ago <laughs> you did this and this and this and three years ago you did this and this and so you keep going and spilling and spilling more of your grievances. He will hear nothing and your whole confrontation
0: with the accent on being upfront about your feelings mm-hmm. goes Wasted. Because they find it sort of aggressive in that situation or overwhelming. Or you're becoming his critical parent. That is the biggest turnoff. What are your your recommendations for how to define where you are in that relationship? And how soon to talk about that? Well, you should know where you are Mm -hmm. before you
1: go into any conversation. But what's wrong with you saying after a period of time to this person, where do you and vision is going. Where do you think we are right now? I mean, it's it's like a health check. Check my temperature. So it really depends. It depends upon how close you've gotten, how how much you have shared. When you just go out of your way to push a guy into a relationship that he's not even ready yet for, then what do you think is gonna happen? He's running. He's going to run the other way. Mother Nature set us up in a very peculiar way because women want closeness, and closeness is the least interesting for men. So while women are pushing to closeness, men want to
0: make sure that their independence is not at all questioned. And that's a perfect segue to my next question, which is about the importance of having your own support system and hobbies in a relationship versus how to avoid codependency.
1: So many women that I've spoken to all over the world, women will say, well, I used to be at the gym every single day, but I got involved with Harry. So I say, well, what does that have to do with yeah. anything? One woman actually said this to me. I said, I haven't seen you at the gym lately. Where have you been? Oh Well, I just started this very intense relationship. I said, oh, okay. What does one thing have to do with another thing? Right. Keep in mind that any man that you have attracted into your life was attracted to you because of the independence that you originally displayed. Not because he figured, oh, wow, that's somebody I can change right. and mold into my life. Now that's my, what might happen. Right. But, hey,
0: you're a participant in this also. Right. So get off that. What if there's things like um, past family trauma or things like that? Now, everyone probably has gone through something like that. But to me, it's also about at the point in which you're trying that they're trying to date you, have they healed enough from all of that? Well,
1: if, you know, I like people who have had um, – Difficult backgrounds because I always question so, how did you solve that? And that will determine for me how ready they are mm-hmm. to deal with a relationship. Mm-hmm. Start enacting a positive self so that you can attract a positive self. Now, the people who keep going on and on and on with the same kind of behaviors and the same kind of people that they attract. For those people, I wrote this one book called Your Cheater Keeps Cheating and You're Still There. How many times have I heard this story? Oh, well, she cheated on me and, well, yeah, okay, I overlooked it, I forgave her, and now she's back to cheating on me again. Well, duh. What do you expect? Right. If you have accepted and thereby inadvertently taught this woman that it's okay, then what do you expect to happen? I mean, you can't, you can't be the police. And I know women think of ourselves as the relationship police, but we're not. And that's one of the reasons that I wrote the book, Don't Lie on Your Back for a Guy Who Doesn't Have Yours. Because that whole scenario talks about have your back, love. And that's what I'm after for everybody. You have, you're, you're giving out your feelings, your interactions. And if
0: this person is not returning this to you, then the person doesn't have your back. You know, whether you start off as as friends, partners, and then, you know... Fiances are engaged and married and widowed and, you know, all these different labels. When somebody comes to me for advice,
1: it's interesting to me that they have been through so many different statuses. And that to me is rich because then I can take from this status and mm-hmm. that status and, and then put them all together
0: with that person. And that reminds me of sort of sort an, of another question as far as People like to use the word mistakes, or what would you say to them about all of these things they've gone through, what, trying to take a positive spin and not be hard on themselves? And you know, maybe that what did they learn from it? That's the thing. Every single
1: relationship we are in teaches us something. Mm-hmm. So if you can't determine what did I learn from this, then something is wrong. Some guy came to me and he said, "Oh, Dr. Gilda, I'm so upset." This happened and this happened and this happened in my relationship and now we're broken up. And I said, well, what did you learn from it? Absolutely nothing, he said. "Absolutely." So I said, so you wasted eight months of your life with somebody from whom you learned absolutely nothing. You've got no additional skills. Everybody is in our life to teach us something, lessons. And if you can't walk away saying, oh, well, I learned about this. And it's always learning about myself. That's, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned this and this and this. But instead, so many people do the same thing again and again and again.
0: And they are attracting the same kind of person. If you feel that you have a different communication or argument style with the person that you're in the relationship with, how do you address that?
1: The best thing is to see how the two of you are relating interpersonally. You will know if there is a mishap
0: going on. You mean like you're you're
1: crying every night
0: or something like that? yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, how much of that torture are you going to put yourself through? Right. But if you feel good about yourself, if you're walking through life with a capital I, you're not going to put yourself through any
0: torture like that. That's true. With the current online dating, casual hookup sort of culture. What are your communication tips when it comes to, you know, intimacy and sexuality? I think that there
1: is no question. You want to see how much of your back this person has. That's where I am heading now with all my relationship counseling. Does he or she have your back? So The question is, do you think it's advisable to get naked with somebody who you don't trust? Some woman came up to me and said, we've been sleeping together. And when should I raise the issue about him paying for condoms? Well, now, you already got naked. Right. Don't you think it's a little after the fact? I have to
0: pre-establish that maybe. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: And if this person is driven by his testosterone more than your excitement for him, well, you don't need this in your life. And and I always hear from people, well, oh, then what am I supposed to do? Be alone? Some guy screamed <laughs> at me on a radio show. Uh, I said, listen, you're going to have to just drop out of dating for a little period of time. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, how long? I said, well, this your marriage went on for quite a while. So I suggest months. And he said, and put myself on ice. I said, well, or here's an alternative. Go right back into the dating pool and attract the same type of person again.
0: And see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't learn anything from the first one. No, that's really good advice. So, you know, obviously there's going to be things that are major that happen in a relationship, lying, cheating, addiction. Why don't you instead ask? look, I'd like to discuss this. Schedule when would an be a good time for okay. you? No, that's really helpful because, you know, I, I have realized that in relationships that everyone needs, sometimes they need a minute to kind of compose their thoughts or maybe even a couple days. And I'm not like yeah. that. So. Well then you have to be more understanding yeah. that some people are not on your time schedule. Okay. So every city is different. It sounds like you've lived all over. Are there any kind of general good places to try to meet someone?
1: Uh, I always
0: suggest going out and living your wonderful, rich, fabulous life. And that's how you're going to meet, by accident. Carrying your own positivity and confidence. With positivity and confidence, you will be so
1: exciting and adventuresome that nobody will be able to leave you.
0: That's true. Um, so the modern dating and online dating and all these different ways to meet people, What are there any safety tips that you can share with dating? I mean, I know there's basic things like meeting in public. And- yes, and don't give out too much personal information at first. The
1: funniest story in the news most recently was that Sharon Stone, she, she registered herself on Bumble. Okay. People complained that it was a phony registration, and they took her off Bumble, and it made the
0: headlines because they didn't believe that she would be on Bumble. And like, anyone can be looking you know, for love. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that's part of the safety setup. I mean, anyone that's online dated can tell you, and even the the ways that people can, can reach you now easier through social media. Oh, yeah. Um, but the inappropriate, I won't say it's always guys, but, but they're usually guys um the things that they choose to say to you or send you before you've even met. Then get rid of them. No, if it's unsavory, yeah. You walk just out. label it as inappropriate and, and get out back. of the situation. Okay. Next. So what about introducing your new romantic partner to your family and friends? Any advice with that? Well, the timing is has to, has Making to be. Making sure you're right. comfortable together first. Yeah, you're not
1: going to introduce somebody to your family and friends without having some kind
0: of a deep relationship, first. Mm-hmm. What would you say, and you can maybe pick one man, one woman, um, whether it's romantic or not, that you really feel are success stories of people that you've helped with your work? Well, this one woman
1: who had, I mentioned her earlier, who had come to me with a problem at work. And it turned out to be a problem in her home life with her husband. She did so well under my tutelage that she got promoted many, many, many times because she she was evidencing her capital
0: was That was fabulous. That's awesome to see. How about a, a man or woman in a romantic relationship? There's one man who
1: in his culture... Notoriously cheated like crazy on his wife. And when he understood how hurt his wife was from all of our interactions, he became a
0: good husband. Okay. Did he, I mean, did he recognize it sounds like a lot of it was cultural differences? Oh, yeah, it was definitely cultural differences. Well, if there's a cultural difference, still in all, His wife was hurting. And it sounds like you've helped so many people over the years with your books and everything that you do. How best can people find out more about you or contact you, book a session? It's so easy. Dr. Gilda at drgilda.com. D R G I L D A.com. Perfect. And I'll post that on the podcast information too. Are there any last burning comments, questions that you want to share? I also have a nonprofit for homeless
1: female veterans, and I have helped so many of them in so many ways. It's called Country Cures. Okay. Because women are all about relationships. Mm-hmm. I use country music to get my points across. Perfect. So it
0: really resonates with these women, the female veterans who have done so much for us. And it's based here in the Valley? Yes. Oh, awesome. Well, I'll post that too then. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that as well. It sounds like, again, you do so much. I want to thank everyone for listening and be sure to subscribe to Gavin with Mavens, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much for coming on your wealth of information. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much, everybody. I
1: want you to understand that you are beautiful just as you are. And if you feel that somebody is trying to pressure you into becoming a pretzel, According to his or her standards,
0: then that relationship is not good for you. Final points from Dr. Gilda Carl.